Welcome back, everybody. Another great episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. Now we're going to cover a few things, some interesting developments in the business uh, sector. A judge dismissing the racketeering case uh, versus McKenzie. We're going to dive into it and see what kind of is developing along that uh, front. Also, top U.S. CEOs uh, have put social responsibility above profit, at least seemingly. Uh, some interesting comments made by the CEO uh, and chairman of J.P. Morgan and Chase, Jamie Dimon. We're going to dive into that as well. Also, we're going to look at the push. Amazon is now uh, pushing to open up more brick and mortar stores, uh, the need for a physical store and building. We're also going to cover some sports news. It's going to be a real exciting episode. Stay tuned for more. It is what it is. All right, first I want to jump into the uh, dismissal of the racketeering case versus uh, McKinsey. A federal judge has dismissed claims on Monday uh, by turnaround pioneer Jay Alex that McKinsey and company violated racketeering laws when the consulting firm uh, expanded its advising bankrupt U.S. companies. Great article written by Tom Halls uh, goes on to state that Alex accused the consulting firm known for its secrecy of improperly concealing potential conflicts when it sought bankruptcy court approval to advise companies in Chapter 11. It goes on to reflect uh, that the decision is part of a larger battle between McKinsey and Alex that has been waged since at least 2016 across multiple courts. Alex has said he is fighting for the integrity of the bankruptcy system, while McKinsey has said Alex is using the course to try to stifle competition. Alex has also gone on to state that McKinsey's bankruptcy work was a criminal enterprise, interesting use of words, that generated an unlawful profit of at least $101 million at the expense of Alex Partners, the firm Alex founded. In Monday's ruling, U.S. Judge uh, Jesse ruled that further briefing on the other three claims brought under state law, including allegations that McKinsey failed to exit the restructuring business as promised by the head of the firm in a private meeting with Alex. While Alex has retired from Alex Partners, he still holds 35% stake when he sued McKinsey in May of 2018. Uh, Alex also noted in a statement that Furman did not rule on the merits and said he would continue to pursue similar allegations in the bankruptcy case of West Moreland Coal Company, McKinsey's contention that its disclosures in bankruptcy cases always have compiled with the law is not credible. Uh, McKinsey's spokesperson went on to state that they are pleased that the court yet has yet found uh, Alex's use of court system to further his own agenda, his own agenda to be legally invalid. My thoughts, I, I it seems to me that uh, Alex um is upset because I, I think maybe or potentially he has stumbled upon uh, some discrepancies, some inadequacies and deficiencies within McKinsey that could be viewed as at the very least improper. Um, and his desire to expose this uh, impropriety or this improperness is due to uh the fact that it has hurt him uh, financially. Uh, It seems to me that he 
was not included or there was some type of, um, I would say, business-related disappointment that led to the seeking out of this. Uh, I do believe maybe uh, that there is uh, a lapse of moral or uh, business ethics, probably, uh, but to the extent that McKenzie is improperly concealing documents uh, when it saw bankruptcy, that it is uh, forcing his way through the course that is acting in hazardous and, and, and brutish fashion, I think, is, is a farce. I, sometimes I think that gray area uh, that gets highlighted and exposed uh, between companies is, is really a fine line. And depending on how much gray there is uh, determines the validity of any cause. I do believe that the courts in this instance got it right. As McKenzie's spokesperson said that uh, they are pleased that the court has yet found again, has yet again found Alex's use of the court system to further his own agenda to be legally invalid. And, and if it has happened over several times and multiple times that you have sought multiple courts to bring about this and still no no furtherance of your claim. There's either two things. One, the claim is completely false and that there's no validity to your argument. Or B, or, uh, you the court system is completely broken and therefore justice cannot be served. Uh, maybe it could be a hybrid of both, but in this case, I really think the proof of burden uh, would be on Alex. Uh, in this case, I think McKenzie is pardoned and, and professionally uh, without fault, at least to the extent uh, that uh, this forgery or this implied uh, stance that they are knowingly and intently concealing potential conflicts uh, I think is is false. Uh, the larger battle between McKenzie and Alex uh, starting in 2016 Alex trying to fight for the integrity of the bankruptcy system and I, and I get it because things can be abused uh, manipulated so the integrity of everything its machinery, its components, its process is absolutely essential for Integrity, but I do believe that this is not an issue, as Alex has stated, as criminal enterprise. I think it's knowing that the system has some flaws, and some of these flaws have been used to um, further the initiatives of McKinsey. But I don't believe this is an issue of criminal enterprise, and I do believe that McKinsey, uh, the ruling for McKinsey, was adequate. Uh, apropos and valid, therefore finding McKenzie not guilty. Interesting uh, article written by Elizabeth Delts. Top U.S. CEOs uh, say companies should put social responsibility above profit. This is an obvious no-brainer. This is a duh. The point of emphasis is what took them so long. Is this just talking points? Is it propaganda? Is it actual an actual actionable plan that has real impact? Or is this 
a minor adjustment in gradualism. Uh, the group statement of corporate purpose was signed by the heads of more than 180 U.S. companies, including the CEOs of Amazon, American Airlines, the largest airline in the world, J.P. Morgan and Chase, which is the biggest American bank. Although largely symbolic, uh, the group's statement goes against a roughly 30-year viewpoint that corporate or corporations exist to serve shareholders. That notion has guided every major business decision from how much a CEO is paid to whether a company invests in its employees or fires them. The statement comes amid calls for greater corporate responsibility from Democratic candidates and president, I mean, for president and employee activists who want companies to take stances on issues outside of the corporate sphere. Uh, corporate America is responsible for providing economic benefits to all, not just investors. Uh, the Business Roundtable Group said on Monday, the chairman of the Business Roundtable Group is none other than the CEO of J.P. Morgan and Chase, Jamie Dimon. He goes on to say that there is a growing wealth gap in the United States. The obviousness of that is, duh. And prioritizing all stakeholders will lead to a healthier economy. The American dream, he goes on to state that the American dream is alive, but fraying Dimon said in a statement that major employers are investing in their workers and communities because they know it is the only way to be successful over the long term. Uh, then he goes on to state that the committee has five points that they want to emphasize, five commitments, including investment in employees by providing fair wages and important benefits, support communities, and protect uh, the environment. Here's where I draw... Uh, distinction here's where i draw the line when was this realized was it after the congressional uh, request hearings uh, led by members um, of the congress like uh, aoc was it after you know there have been protests and complaints that the salaries of top ceos are over 100 times that of the average employee of their organizations uh, was it when you realize that uh, as great as the bottom line is, if there is no investment in the person themselves, you will create a gap so large that the bottom line will be affected? I'm not saying that this gesture is disingenuous. What I am stating is by what standard are you going to implement this? When you say fair wages, are you talking about a living wage? Are you talking about something that people can get ahead? How do you gauge this? What is considered an important benefit? Uh, communities, well, when you're dealing with banks, is it like the CRA? Uh, is it an actual minimum that's going to be created? Um, what really is the game plan? I feel like these... The heads of these large corporations gather and realize, hey, you know, we can't just be rich for rich sake. That being well off, being wealthy, being rich, extremely rich comes with responsibility. And we must take on the responsibility that our wealth has a social responsibility, which is great. I, I, I always applaud inner consciousness awaking. I always applaud doing the right thing. My problem is going above. About it, is it going to be a drastic implementation of thought leadership, of initiatives, or is it going to be more of 
an analysis of how we can go about it. And then from analysis, a very minimum gradual plan to actually impact uh, these areas of interest. To me, it sounds more like ladder, which is I'm not against something is better than nothing. I'm not uh, dissuading or going against the efforts of Jamie Dimon. But I, I do question that, uh, and it's not him, I, I question that the intent uh, is, is it really that these corporations are starting to understand that, you know, healthcare is a basic human right, uh, that we have to work together for the advancement of the whole rather than the advancement of a uh, few, that stakeholders cannot take priority nor precedent over the employees. Is it a shift in corporate thinking? And if it is a true shift in corporate thinking, uh, then I believe uh, that this will do well. Amazing development on the streaming service platform. Uh, New giant or current giant Disney uh, says that its streaming service will be available on popular platforms and devices such as Apple TV, Google, Chromecast, Android, Android TV, PlayStation 4, Roku, and Xbox One. Uh, notably, Disney uh, will not be available on Fire TV devices at its original launch. This article is written by Annie Palmer, and it goes on to state uh, that the company also announces that the service will launch in more areas than just the United States in the month of November 2019. Disney has confirmed Monday that its much-anticipated Disney Plus will launch on almost every major streaming platform. The service is set to launch and will be available on popular platforms and devices uh, such as the Apple TV and the Google Chromecast. My thoughts as we enter into the streaming age where more and more products and services are going to be consumed uh, on a monthly subscription basis it sends a signal not just of disruption but of needed evolution for uh, current conglomerates current giants in every industry uh let's i mean take it even for the cars what if there was as you know and there are memberships but what if there was something very economical a car monthly membership that all you needed was a license and then you could pay or have a a, a insurance that was adequate to cover uh, this type of rental, and then therefore you wouldn't be responsible for, um, you know, major car repairs. And it's not like a lease; you don't have to have it for so many days. It's just we need it. And you could say, well, like Zipcar, yeah, but maybe a little bit more personal, a little bit more uh, private, but definitely something that's a bit more customizable. Uh, as things go on, the uh, customization of all products and services will become the differentiator bundle packages or having something that is synonymously linked with everyone maybe is not as advantageous having that availability and option will always be popular uh, but i think companies like xfinity like at&t have to take a deeper look and say hey maybe we are charging too much maybe we need to make this more of a leveled uh, playing field uh, more economically advantageous uh, because there's so many options. The, the great thing about uh, a free market system, when there's multiple competitors, 
it allows you to have wiggle room in price when you have one dominant entity that entity can set its price almost independent of varying factors but when you have multiple competitors in the same space competing for the same business there has to be some degree of fluctuation or you cannot truly have adequate competition uh happy for disney i see that there's kind of a uh, I won't say a beef, uh, but a definite uh, misunderstanding for now uh, with Amazon's platform. But I'm sure as things progress, uh, this will be a minor issue and all things will go well. When it comes to the U.S. dollar, uh, the U.S. dollar was nearly flat uh, this Wednesday on the 20th of August. Um, compared to being in Asia, while the euro was also largely unchanged as Italy's prime minister uh, stepped down, the U.S. dollar index uh, tracks a basket of other currencies uh, with little change. Gathering of central bankers um, in Wyoming in a speech by the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell is expected to be a major directional driver for the U.S. economy amid the slight inverted yield curve that is uh, predicting some sense of global recession. Uh, the euro has shown, a, I won't say damage, but a significant amount of fluctuation in, uh, as far as downward trends and very little growth. The growth has been nearly flat after Italy's Prime Minister uh, Giuseppe Conti said he is resigning ahead of no confidence vote. Lay's report suggests that it is unclear if the snap elections would be called or if parliament would be asked to try and form a new government. My thoughts is that the U.S. dollar is probably uh, one of, if not the strongest uh, global currencies. Uh, the fear because of the tariff kind of war or exchange has created international imbalance it has negatively affected other economies and ultimately will affect if not has not already affected because it has when you think of the farmers uh the u.s economy the, the problem is because the all of our economies are so globally linked if it affects one it affects all there has to be a relook uh or re-examination into the tariff situation we can't just keep cutting interest rates Obviously, the demand for Jerome Powell to cut that and to cut capital gains tax um, and, you know, a few other things is almost a very elitist strategy. Um, but there has to be, I think, a holistic assessment and an understanding of how it will affect our global partners. And the U.S. dollar will adjust. Uh, right now, the U.S. economy is still strong. Uh, but as things progress, we have to take caution and to make sure that we are future uh, proving to the best of our abilities uh, the U.S. currency. In big pharma news, uh, there's been a lot of development. Bristol Myers Squibb's $74 billion acquisition of Selgini set uh, the mergers and acquisition ball rolling and was followed by AbbVie's incorporated $63 billion bid for troubled smaller rival allergen. Uh, regulators are pursuing, or not pursuing, but pressuring companies to cut drug costs and or as takeovers have become the preferred method of combating looming patent uh, initiatives. This has also some uh, activity as far as top-selling medicines 
which they have relied upon in recent years. I really believe because the pharmaceutical business is so large and um, to think that it is that profitable that it's profiting off of illness is already a disdained view, not just disdain, but just an ill and kind of disgusting feeling. Uh, nevertheless, there is truth that these companies have and are profiting off of others um, negative health situation there has to be not just regulation but constant scrutiny and constant control uh, because if there is such a looming presence of economic boost in an industry that is morbid you start to question the uh, efficacy or the, the, the virtue and the ethics behind these moves um, you start to question why certain drug costs are as high as they are uh, while others are lower you start to question every move that these companies make because they're geared toward making a profit they're directed by at the bottom line is not only ever increasing it is ever influencing their decisions and something that is vital the wellness of a human being now being priced is something that we have to make sure that uh, we are monitoring these companies uh, it's great that uh, capitalism is having its course as far as companies being able to grow as far as people being able to be hired and talent being able to be uh, acquired and utilized proficiently but I think it goes to show that in an industry built off of others ill state if there is not a force out there that can govern and make sure that there's due diligence and proper protocol and pricing and application and distribution and access and in everything harm can and harm will follow uh, and and that's I think a, a sad or sardonic look, uh, but you cannot have billion dollar corporations built off of this terrible principle, but yet true in its human nature of built off of illness and not wonder are they built to serve to help make people better to prolong life to to help aid or are they benefiting by pricing out. Uh, what life actually is by pricing out others so that they cannot receive aid and obviously you want to think uh, you know the best light of every corporation and whatnot but I, I think that's why corporate governance why you need bodies of control and regulation not to stifle growth not to interfere to the point that decisions cannot be made autonomously but to make sure that everybody is playing uh, fairly with each other, that everybody is cooperating in a safe space and a space that is not only tolerable, not only palpable, uh, but is more than appropriate. And when that is done, I think the best of both worlds uh, can be achieved. Dwight Howard has expressed 
interest in joining the Lakers. I just want to read a few stats uh, for you to kind of get uh, some understanding of Dwight's impact uh, in the NBA. 2018, nine games played, averaged almost 13 points, nine rebounds, 62% from the field. 2017, 17 to 16 and a half, 12 rebounds. 2016, 13 and 13, 2015, 14 and 12, 2014, 16 and 10, 20, uh, 13, 18 and 12, and 2012, uh, 17 and 12. Every season that he has played over uh, 50 games, he has averaged over 13 points and 10 rebounds. Dwight Howard deserves to be on an NBA team, just without a shadow of a doubt. Dwight Howard probably deserves a second chance uh, just recently because of the season-ending injury to DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, If I were the Lakers, I would definitely entertain the idea of Dwight Howard joining. My issue is, and I think Dwight has to come out and say, host a press conference interview and say, I'm ready to be what I need to be. For any team. I'm ready to take on that type of role. I have matured. I think when Dwight sets the bar or sets the standard and draws the line in the sand, he will be received. It's hard because he's coming off his second back's uh, spinal surgery. His athleticism is not the same. He has aged, so you're not getting the Orlando Magic, Dwight. You're not getting the one who uh, beat LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals, Dwight Howard. You're not getting the dunk contest champion, Dwight Howard. You're getting a different product. I won't say a shadow of himself. I think that's a little unfair. I don't think he's gotten to the point where he's a shell of himself. But I do believe he's not the same player, but that doesn't mean he can't be a better overall player. Dwight has to dedicate himself to all aspects of basketball, to shooting, to dribbling, to rebounding, to... um, uh, you know, three-point shooting to free-throw shooting to mid-range shooting to ball handling to to everything. He has to be an offensive threat other than just, you know, five free from the basket uh, and primarily just dunks or alley-oops and putbacks. If the evolution of Dwight was really felt, seen, and heard, it would be without a Dwight. Without a Dwight. It'd be without a doubt that Dwight Howard would be on a team right now as is and is standing, the problem is you have not really seen. When you see Dwight, you've seen a game that has stayed relatively the same all his career. You see a game that is still heavily reliable upon physical athleticism, heavily reliable upon being back to the basket, a game that there are no highlights of him really crossing people up, a game uh, that as the three-point shot is becoming more and more of the status quo, he has not developed the status quo, and it has hurt him. I think if this was 20 years ago, he would be almost perfect. 30 years ago, he would be super perfect. The problem is right now, we need to see more from Dwight. And I'm not saying I have not kept up with him. Maybe he has really dedicated himself this summer uh, to the full evolution of his game. And I hope that he has. Uh, I think he's an amazing talent, an amazing basketball player. Uh, But Dwight Howard on the Lakers has to understand that it's championship or bust, you know. So if they do anything less than show up at the NBA Finals, it will be considered a failed season. And with that understanding, Dwight has to apply himself, has to keep his head down, has to really put himself through the process 
and be the leader on and off the court and and just silence all critics with his play. And Dwight has the ability. Dwight is a superstar, it's without a doubt. He's a Hall of Famer, it is without a doubt. Dwight is super talented, always has been, always will be. But that talent has to now be manageable. A manageable, applicable talent in every situation. Dwight can't be a security a, a liability in the fourth quarter because you just, you know, foul him. Dwight has to be that dominant. And if that type of Dwight Howard shows up, uh, then the Lakers dynasty truly has begun. As always, thank you for tuning in for another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. We have some great things coming down the pipeline. A website will be launching, app will be launching soon. Brand will be coming out. Just stay tuned. We have some more cool interviews coming up. I'm just excited. Things are developing. Uh, connect with me. Tell me what you like, what you dislike, anything and everything. Connect with me on Twitter at Cody's underscore life one, uh, YouTube TV space K at Instagram at CVMK, the number 33. So CVMK 33. Love connect. Love to hear from you. Uh, give me a shout out. Uh, whatever. Uh, also, you can follow me on Patreon. I have the tier membership now. Uh, things are coming together and just it's going to be an amazing time. Until next time. Thanks.